Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Beakless Mountaineer. I want to start off tonight by talking about an officer who hogtied and tased an autistic child. Why is he still allowed to work as a cop? That's the headline here from an article from Reason.com. And I'm going to say that again. An officer hogtied and tased an autistic child. Why is he still allowed to work as a cop? We cover stories like this way too frequently here on Free Talk Live. We don't cover them all. There's so many of them that we literally could do a three-hour show seven nights a week about all the crap that uh, cops do uh, and get away with and remain employed. Uh, But... You know, we we have many topics to cover, so we don't cover them all. But this one just really got to me when I read it. The Kansas credentialing body reprimanded the officer for using excessive force against a child, but they stopped short of pulling his license. Now, I wasn't aware that cops needed licenses. I assume they mean badge. Perhaps Kansas is a, a different place where, you know, you earn a license to be a cop. The article goes on to say... A Kansas sheriff's deputy reportedly used excessive force multiple times on a child with special needs, according to an order of reprimand from the Kansas Commission on Peace Officer Standards and Training, also known as C-Post. Apparently they have to acronize, acronomize, acronomize, whatever the word is there. The state's law enforcement credentialing body that issues licenses to peace officers. Eight months later, he still has his license. The incident involves Matthew Honus, who was employed by the Jackson County Sheriff's Office from August 2006 to March of this year. On February 23rd, Honus responded to a call regarding an autistic 12-year-old runaway foster child identified only as LH. The order indicates that Honus had dealt with LH in the past and was aware that he is autistic. In fact, Honus, quote, had a physical struggle with LH prior to February 23rd, but there was no report or body camera footage of the prior event. Minutes later, as LH still sat in the car, Honus, quote, deployed his taser, unquote, even though LH was not a threat to Honus or other officers. Deployed his taser, even though LH was not a threat to him or other officers. The order calls Honus' actions punitive in nature, citing his threatening language. At one point he told LH, here's the deal. You do anything you're not supposed to do, I will tase you again. He also refused assistance from other officers and did not use any de-escalation techniques. Before I go on with the article, I just have to ask the listening audience, how much is enough? How much of this kind of behavior from supposed law enforcement, uh, you know, what you're taught to believe is there to protect and serve, how much are you willing to take? You've been taking all of this, including this type of behavior, for, I mean, as long as I've been alive, there have been reports of this type of behavior from police Uh, as long as I can remember. I I can't even tell you like when the first 
police uh, abuse uh, issue hit my ears. I had to have been a child. And it continues to go on. Why? Why does it continue to go on? Because there's no accountability. It's impossible to hold these people accountable. And even if somebody sues for something like this, if they win, it's never taken from the cop. The money is never taken from the cop. The cop is never the one financially punished. It's always the taxpayer that loses because the taxpayers end up footing the bill for the bad behavior of the police. So again, here's a cop who, for apparently no reason, tased an autistic child while he was hogtied and not a threat to the officer or anybody else. The order calls Honus' actions punitive in nature, citing his threatening language. At one point, he told LH, here's the deal. You do anything you're not supposed to do, I will tase you again. According to the Kansas City Star, Honus was fired in March for the use of excessive force, but in its order of reprimand, CPO stopped short of revoking his certifications. It seems astonishing to me that no one holds any of the police to the standard of arrests are for when people are dangerous. Yeah. Like, I get the idea that, look, if if you are concerned that this person is, say, a murderer. Right. You don't want them running around. So, okay, you, you need to put them in a place where you know where they are so they don't, you know, go stab somebody. Now, if, on the other hand, they didn't pay a parking ticket... Like, they are not a danger to others. Right. You know, I mean, a, a, a million, literally countless laws that didn't harm anybody. Yeah. And, I mean, even the laws where, like, not only have they not harmed anybody, but the arbitrary rule that they violated, they're not likely to be able to have the opportunity to violate that again. Right. Yeah. But no, no, we still need to kidnap you. We still need to torture you. Because, I mean, it, it is a, a simple matter of fact that being socially isolated is torture. Yes. It activates the brain identically to uh, anything you might think of, you know, uh, batteries and nipple clamps, you know. It, it's literally torture to remove people from their social circumstances uh, for any period of time. Yeah, or their family and yeah. their circle of friends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, of course, that the the places that they put them are not comfortable places. Well, clearly, and, you know, this might come as a shock to anybody who, you know, isn't a regular listener to the show, but clearly, these are intimidation tactics. Mm -hmm. They're designed to uh, make you and anyone who hears about this story fear the police. Mm. Right? When you see them, when you see those red and blue lights go on behind your car, and you don't know if they're going to try and pull you over, the guy behind you or the guy in front of you, Mm. you know, you're in traffic... What happens? Does your heart does your heart start racing a little bit? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to f- uh, make you afraid and yep. feel intimidated. Yeah. And the thing about being afraid is that you can't think while you're afraid. Like right. you certainly can't go. Hmm. Wait a second. I don't believe that you are following the rule of law or uh, due process or uh, granting me my rights as a citizen. Like no, it's really hard to think when you're scared. The nature of a uniform is kind of terrifying, honestly. So, like, it really doesn't matter what the uniform is. It could be, you know, frilly 
uh, French ma- French maid outfits. But if you see five guys gathered around like a homeless guy while one of them's, you know, beating him up and putting him in handcuffs and all of that, like, that's terrifying. Right. And it's meant to be. Although I think uh, the police force uh, across the world, police forces across the world would be much better served if they were all wearing French maid outfits. <laughs> It would be an improvement, but, I mean, it's hard to get much worse, to be honest. I mean, once you've hit police state, it's, uh, there's not much lower to go. And there's a lot of folks that that lament, oh, we're becoming a police state. No, I'm sorry. We already are. Mm -hmm. It's already here. The time has passed for us to become a police state. We already have become and have been a police state for, I don't know, how long? How long do you think? I mean... Depends on how you slice it. Yeah. I mean... Economically? Whiskey rebellion? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, where, where are you going to draw the line on that one? But, like, to be sure, we crossed that line. Like, whatever line we had left to cross, yeah. we crossed in 2020. Yeah. They literally locked you in your house. Yeah, that's true. Like, the, the, the scary part about police, I mean, you know, ap- apart from you know, sort of uh, strange tactics like this one, the, the 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 primary threat is that they'll put you in jail. Yep. They put the entire planet in jail. Right. They just said, well, instead of building a jail, we'll just use the existing structures. Yeah. So, I mean, how much more of a police state do you need to get than a lockdown? I mean, that's that that's literally the term that they use in jails. And that is the accepted term for what happened, because it's accurate. Yeah. And I I keep thinking, and I've said it before on Free Talk Live and Beard Talk Live as well, but I keep thinking that the world globally was just a couple of steps away from global martial law. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not far from it now. And the next time they're successful at scaring the global population with something like a new virus that suddenly comes out of nowhere. It's going to be worse. If you don't know who Eric Voorhees is, uh, he is the founder of... Isn't uh, that the guy with, like, the hockey mask and the machete? No, that's that's his... uh, Oh, that's Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees, right, yeah. No relation, I believe. I'm not sure about that, actually. But, yeah, no, two different Voorheeses. Is that the plural of... Vorhei? Voorheesers? (laughs) Voorheesonians? Anyway, Eric (laughs) Voorhees founded Shapeshift.io, which was one of the first platforms where you could basically exchange, you know, different types of crypto for different types of crypto uh, without uh, KYC. And then they forced him, they by they, I mean, uh, you know, he was growing his business, had to follow some regulations and had to put KYC into uh, effect for the customers of Shapeshift. Uh, Shapeshift also bought a hardware wallet called KeepKey. Uh, KeepKey was like the number two to like the Trezor in the hardware market for a while. Hmm. Uh, and they bought that and made all their customers then uh, go through a KYC experience uh, or remove all their money from their wallet. So uh, you can imagine what happened there. So yeah, they lost a number of customers mm-hmm. uh, during that particular time. And at some point, Eric Voorhees was uh, wise, right? Uh, he's known to have uh, libertarian leanings. He's been on this show, Free Talk Live. He's uh, been to Porkfest uh, at least once that I'm aware of. I've never met the man, 
uh, perhaps someday. But uh, I respect his work because what he did uh, after receiving all of this backlash from his customer base, people leaving the company, you know, him losing subscribers and that kind of a thing, mm-hmm. he had an epiphany and he said, uh, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to shapeshift, if you will, <laughs> my my own organization because they're coming after him as a corporation, as a person, even uh, you know, for allowing or otherwise, uh, you know, allowing people to transact freely. <gasps> How dare you? Right? Yeah, on a voluntary basis, you know, w- without cutting you, in. You allowed people to be private individuals. Yeah, is that is it? Is that physically possible? So what he did is he turned his entire <laughs> his entire organization into a DAO, a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, which means it has no headquarters, it has no <laughs> president or CEO, there's no there there's nothing. You can't you can't, you know, raid the headquarters of a decentralized autonomous organization and uh, take it out and take it down and make it go out of business. It's just not possible. You argued so well and so passionately yeah. to not block email with yeah. licensing and KYC. I loved hearing that. Yep. That filled my soul with joy. Such yeah. good arguments. So th- that's basically the point here is if you're not going to regulate the transmission of data in the form of an email with uh, outlandish KYC data gathering information, then why would cryptocurrency need to be regulated in the same way because all it is is an exchange of information over the internet that's all it is well if you want to stop the vast majority of payments to terrorists just stop the u.s dollar cash in particular yeah, yeah. that is where almost all payments to terrorists occur yeah. is with the u.s dollar especially in cash but the thing that i want our listeners to understand about cryptocurrency is that all it is is the exchange of information yeah that's all that it is. It is as it is almost identical to email in the fact that it's just an exchange of information from yeah. one destination to another. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very I can see why people have trouble with this idea. It's it's a very strange and new thing. Yeah. But I mean, basically what it is, is you uh, by uh, by like. As they call it, owning. I mean, it's not exactly owning Bitcoin, but uh, by quote-unquote owning this, you guarantee that you have a probability of being able to send messages in the future that are going to be backed up uh, by this incredible system that, I mean, it pretty much never, ever, ever goes down. Like, uh, I think it it went down like once in its early uh, period of time and has just been running nonstop ever since. Yeah. And running nonstop while being attacked yeah. by almost every possible government on Earth, for one thing. Every possible government, every possible hacker that, like, you know, wants, oh, to, wants to get the money pot, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows that if you get a hold of some Bitcoin mm-hmm. through nefarious means, that you are going to be a wealthy dude. Mm-hmm. So it has run nonstop while constantly under attack and growing stronger in resisting mm-hmm. those attacks every day. Let's go to... An unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Unscreened caller. Well, you've heard of me. Unscreened or not, I'm Ridley. Hey, Ridley. Hey, Ridley. From the Ridley Report. Yeah. What's going Uh, on? Well, I've heard this uh, saying that I thought was really amusing and terrifying at the same time. 
the reason you know authoritarians are crazy is because they're scared of COVID, but not nuclear war. <laughs> right? Good point. <laughs> Seriously. Like, oh Wait, my gosh, yeah. I, have to, I have to wear a mask, and I have, to, I have to lock people in their houses, and I have to... Oh, but nukes? Uh, Why don't we have boots on the ground already? Why aren't we yeah. doing everything in our power? Why haven't we made a, a no-fly zone yet? Oh, you mean, oh, yeah. why haven't we picked a fight with a nuclear power yet? Wait, wait, wait. Have one of these uh, uh, bug companies, like Raid or whatever, have they used the term no-fly zone to promote their product? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ridley. So, anyway, um, Vladimir Posner, who's probably Russia's most well-known and probably one of his most respected journalists, uh, he, 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 he claimed before, before the Ukraine invasion, he claimed that Russo-U.S. relations were at their lowest point ever, worse than the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, and he's a pretty credible source. Um, and um, Well, I mean, to be fair, they were getting accused of a lot of things. I mean, they were accused of putting Trump in power. You know, I mean, every time something went wrong here in the States, it was Russia's fault. Well, and they've, Russia's done, the Russian government has done a number of terrible things. They're probably, I believe they're worse than the, the U.S. government to a certain extent. Uh, and I, I, I have favored a Ukraine victory of some sort, but that, that victory has already been won, essentially. They've already outperformed the Finns, uh, the Finnish Winter War, of, of the Russo-Finnish War of 1939. Uh, the Finns were considered the victors because they killed a million Russians uh, and then gave up some territory. Right. So technically, they had, it was a strategic defeat for the Finns, but they had such good results in the battlefield that even though the Finnish army was on the verge of collapse after just three months, they were considered the victors. Right. The hmm. Ukrainians have already held out for what, nine months, eight months. Um, and they haven't really lost much territory. Uh, they've kind of won the war by by Russell Finnish war standards, at least. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know, continuing to kick Russia at this point. Now, you, we, 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 you, it, we, you're, you're going beyond the point of, you know, punishing Russia proportionately for what they did. Well, and Ukraine's going to keep doing whatever the U.S. tells them to. So here's what I would like to know. What is the percentage of people who either, you know, on their physical body or their digital body have put a Ukraine flag? What is the percentage of those people that can find it on a map? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, the, like, you you don't care about this country. You just like to appear to be a good person because you're not a good person. I mean, honestly, like, there's no other benefit to waving the Ukrainian flag than, look, I'm a good person because I'm on the side of good people. You're basically gaslighting the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are, right. you are claiming to care about something that you don't even know what it is. Now, if you'd actually, like, paid any attention to Ukraine, then you might know that there was a, a coup uh, that was completely U.S.-backed in 2014, and that at the moment it is a puppet state of the United States, and that that is why the Russians are not happy about, uh, about the current Ukrainian government. Yeah, the United States is the hand, and uh, Zelensky is basically Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you were saying, like, uh, uh, Russia is worse than the United States, and 
I don't know. It's uh, it's kind well, they, of a, a, a toss-up to I me. don't know that I can say which is worse. They both have their fortes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the United States is good at some things, and, you know, Russia is good at some other things that the mm-hmm. United States isn't necessarily good at. So, like... Which is the worst? I don't. That'd be an interesting, uh, you know, competitive TV show that perhaps Joe Rogan should host. Honestly, it reminds me of arguing between whether Hitler or Stalin was worse. Right. Because, well, Stalin got a lot more people killed, but Hitler got him killed quicker. So, you know, in theory, if Hitler had been in power as long as Stalin, he would have totally beaten him. And I mean, it, it's, I mean, once you've, you know, murdered a million people... It, it, it's it's hard to keep score at that point. The, the neat trick that the United States of America, the government of the United States of America, has that uh, not many other countries have is the consistently rotating tyrant. Mm, that's true. That's the trick that they play on everybody to make it seem as if they're no, they're not as tyrannical as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a very strange thing because it's uh, it's kind of a variation on what they had in 1984, right? So, like, in, in 1984, you had uh, uh, Big Brother and uh, uh, Emmanuel Goldstein. Uh, spoiler alert uh, for anyone who's planning on reading it and hasn't yet. Uh, they're the same person. Uh, one has a mustache. The other does not. Now, clever. that is exactly what they have going on here in in the Republican and Democratic parties. Joy in Washington. Joy, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, thank you. And I don't really understand what you guys are all about. (laughs) Freedom. um, In one word, we are all about freedom. mm -hmm. Sometimes that makes us sound extreme. So is that under, is that part of democracy or does freedom, does democracy come up in your beliefs or philosophy or? Well, it kind of depends on what you mean by uh, democracy. Uh, so if by democracy you mean that the power rests in the people and that it is distributed, then yes, it's good. Uh, if by democracy you mean that we vote and whoever we vote for gets to initiate force against us, we're very against that. Okay. Um, you know, I believe in the voting. I'm kind of, I'm getting, I'm on 66. I'm getting less and less naive. But I'm mm-hmm. still somewhat idealistic. Um, but I think that right now there's so many forces threatening our democracy, and I think it could be it could be wonderful. But anyway, I won't go into that. But I just yeah. So anyway, I was just going to say that the church that I belong to mm-hmm. in Spokane, we are um, partnering with a group that. Um, is providing housing and resources to Ukrainian refugees. Okay. Um, and so we also, um, the the church had a fire, and so we're now sharing space with another church, but our plan is to hopefully rebuild on the property with low-income housing for refugees. Um and nice. there's other churches in Spokane that are looking at doing the same thing because churches are losing congregations, and so they have space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my question would be, um, I don't want a nuclear war, 
Right. But Same. Is, is Ukraine, if you look at Ukraine and the people, you look at what's happening with kind of a different resolution in Iran. I mean, do you think that the different countries can be motivated or see hopefulness in what the other country is doing to gain their freedom from very oppressive regimes? Hold on. Uh, first off, what, what were you saying about uh, Iran? Well, there's having the there's a, there's a revolution among the young people. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Right now, and so I'm just wondering, you know, minus the threat of nuclear war, is there some benefit in the United States in some ways supporting these countries that um, are trying to gain their own freedom? So as it currently stands, uh, the Ukrainian government under uh, Vladimir Zelensky is absolutely the puppet of the United States. And this was a a planned and executed thing by the United States. And this is what fomented the current war. Now, I'm not saying that it was justified, just that it was provoked. And if we hadn't done that in the first place, then this wouldn't be happening at all. Like if the or if NATO had not continuously moved closer and closer and closer to Russia, as they had specifically assured them they would not do, even if they didn't, you know, sign it into paperwork. There's definitely uh, specific evidence, a lot of it, that they had made promises never to move one inch further to the east. But over the years, they have continued to bring in country after country after country right up to Russia's doorstep. And and NATO was specifically built as a counter to the USSR. So when you have this thing that was designed to be your enemy and it is getting closer and closer and closer to you, I'm, I'm not saying that justifies, but it does provoke aggression. So the, we, we could have avoided this... By not uh, by not sticking our nose into all of the all of these things that aren't our business. But how much is it that these countries want to be part of NATO? And so it's not just NATO pulling them saying, come join us. There's got to be some some interest on the other end. Um, Otherwise, you don't think that Russia would start moving closer to the NATO countries? and encroachment little by little, like they've done with um, Crimea, and then they're trying to do now with Ukraine. You don't think they would keep moving? Well, again, Putin's goal is he wants to redo the Soviet Union, right? When it was this great, powerful... No, that is not his goal. Uh, so, so? so, for example, like uh, uh, a huge part of Putin's identity as a politician, I'm not saying this is necessarily accurate, but uh, of his, you know, uh, persona is that he is a God-fearing Christian. We've got John calling from Colorado. John, you are on Free Talk Live. Yes, the occupied territory of Colorado. <laughs> nice. Oh, is that that bad out there? Oh, dude. Wait a minute. Let me just rephrase it. The occupied territory of the uh, United States of America. Oh, okay. That's much better. Thanks. Just, just double checking, because, like, you know, I, I, I left Colorado, and uh, it's definitely better out here. Thanks for the clarification, John. What's on your mind? Oh, it was just fun to listen to uh, 
that last lady, um, and you can tell, like, you know, where she gets her information from. Uh, I'm with you guys to, to question whether or not Putin, you know, is interested in having a nuclear war or if he's up to this or up to that. And I'm well, and and you noticed like in order to even talk about this, it's like, okay, putting aside the possibility that we might turn the planet into an uninhabitable husk, you know, putting that aside, you know, now let's have some sort of, you know, philosophical discussion about uh, the virtues of uh, nation states helping each other in various ways. You know, as long as we don't have to think about the fact that we might all die. Right. But my thought is more along the lines of, are there even nation states? And do we really think we know what Putin, I mean, clearly she believes everything she hears on the news and says, well, he's no Christian like me. (laughs) I mean, how would you know? Right? I mean, I'm sorry. Who are you to judge who is and isn't in their heart a Christian? I can't do that. I can say that your activities are unchristian. Sure. Yeah, if I know the truth. I mean, I'm just going. Yeah, if I know the truth, right? What's my source? Right. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I did like your argument you were making about NATO. And, um, I, you know, I did hear an interview with, with Putin kind of back toward the beginning of all this where he talked about meeting with Bill Clinton um, right after, I don't know, well, whatever, when Clinton was president, long-ass time ago. But Clinton, he said, looked him straight in the eye, said, we will never move on you. Um, and then yep. – and then, Putin said, well, what, well, 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 wait a minute. What if, what if we joined you? I don't know who's running this country, but it ain't Biden. No. My guy, Biden That's couldn't correct. like, couldn't like run the dishwasher. Man. Right. <laughs> I mean, dude literally well, cannot find his way out of his own backyard. That is not hyperbole. There is footage of it. Like they went back yeah. there to plant a tree and he can't figure out which direction his house is. And, you know, it's not like the White House is hard to see. No. But, yeah, I mean, okay, so that's that's not who's running the world. You know, that's not who's running the United States. That's not who's running anything important. I I think the bigger question is, of course, why do the people of the United States believe that they need to be run? Mm. That is the real question. But I think I have an answer. Hmm. Uh, We were trained. Uh, yes, that is true. I mean, I remember, you know, having to say the pledge when I was in first or third or fourth grade and, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, being taught to, you know, love the USA and all the great things we stand for. And I was born and raised to be a good Republican and, you know, boy, them Democrats over there, they were demons. And then yeah, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when the Republicans had complete control of everything yeah and i'm smart enough to think back and ask myself what the hell did i get from that right we've got sarah calling from new mexico sarah you're on free talk live yeah i just um heard on the news that um across the nation uh more cities are putting up speeding cameras 
So the numbers went up by 30%. Wait, speeding yeah. cameras, are these cameras that go really fast? No, they catch the speeders going really fast. Oh, okay. So what, so does, that, what does that mean for the governments that put up these 30% more cameras? Well, I'm trying to figure out, what does that mean? So if, we, if they had, let's say, 10,000 cameras, mm-hmm. last, let, let's say if they had 3,000 cameras last year, so it, it go the number is one-third of that, 30% of last Pretty close. year. There it yeah, and then that's the amount that that amount, maybe three hundred fifty cameras more of them got put across the country. Is that how how it, how they calculate it? Well, if it was three thousand cameras, 10%. it would now be like four thousand. Right. Yeah. It's roughly roughly nine hundred more cameras or something like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well. Yeah. So if what? it started Here's... with a thousand cameras and now it's thirty percent more, it is now one hundred thirty. Can't, wait, did I say that right? Mm. Yeah, if you started with 100 cameras and you added 30%, it's now 130 cameras. Right, there you go. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, well, a lot of it came from New Mexico because Las Cruces, they added two speeding vans. We just added 11. Wait, what's a speeding a van? I mean, I know what a speeding van is when a van's going really fast, but what do you mean by adding a speeding van? No, speeding van is just, it works just like, but it's a camera, but it's in a van, so it's mobile. Oh, gosh. So, so this has uh, ended the uh, mortality rate of uh, pedestrians by by vehicles, right? By increasing the well, number it, of uh, of speeding cameras. Well, what the what the claim is that the the accidents went down by seventy two percent. This is the data that they have came up with that I saw on the news. So, the, so in other words, before they had a speeding camera, they had a certain amount of fatalities. And since they, after they put them on, the fatality went down by up to 72% in other states where they collected these data. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for For veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government, there may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Peakless, you wanted to talk about the yuck prime minister. I do want to talk about the yuck prime minister. And for those of you who uh, haven't heard what the yuck prime minister is, we're just pronouncing UK. It's pronounced yuck. And I think that's appropriate. I do too. I mean, ever since Count Dankula got uh, prosecuted, I think, you know, that for me, that was the line. That was the line. Yeah. So uh, there's a a bit of audio that we're going to play for you. Uh, This from the new Yuck Prime Minister. Today, I'm proud to say that under the UK's presidency, 
the group of the world's seven most advanced economies, the G7, is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. Okay, so what does that mean, Peakless? Well... I know there's a lot to unpack, and there was only like 20 seconds of audio (laughs) there, but um, we talk a lot, of course, about cryptocurrency here. Uh, what he said to my layman's ears sounded mm-hmm. a lot like what well, we already have. Right? All the central right? banks already have digital currencies. Right. It's whatever, you know, like in the United States, the dollar, right? It's already digital. Right. There's not enough physical dollars in circulation to equate all of the dollars that are being traded and, uh, you know, purchased and, you know, recycled into the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, a very tiny fraction oh, yeah. of that is actual physical cash, a very oh, yeah. tiny fraction. Uh, all of the physical cash could just, like, pff, spontaneously combust one day, and it would be a tiny fraction of the economy of the United States. Mm-hmm. So what does this announcement by the yuck prime minister mean? Well, uh, the number two threat to human existence, in my personal opinion... Uh, right next to nuclear war is the central bank digital currency. So here's the difference. So, yes, we are using currency digitally, mm-hmm. but it's not a central bank digital currency. So right now what we have is a whole bunch of different companies that could hypothetically compete with each other and have, like, different agendas than each other. And they're the ones that do all of the digital processing for our money. Now, a central bank digital currency, on the other hand, means that the government itself will have direct access to everyone's money all of the time. End of the world prophecies are not things that you should try to do. Well, they're I things mean, you should try to avoid. Tyrants, I guess, read fiction. Well, and for them, that's exactly what they want. Like, this is an absolute control structure. And I mean, like, right. Uh, Imagine what happened to the Canadian trucker protest writ large in every country on the planet for anything. Oh, you voted in a way I don't like. Well, you don't get to eat anymore. Yeah. Oh, you went to a protest. Mm, Good luck getting home. Yeah. These uh, CBDCs, in my opinion, nothing but evil. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't see how governments can get rid of actual cash. And I say that because how is the government going to do these like backroom deals with their buddies and other governments and, you know, corporations and things of that nature? How are they going to pay them? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, they will never get uh, rid of cash completely just because it's physically impossible, but they can keep you from using it. Which is very easy to do. They just do it the same way that they got rid of gold. I mean, they didn't actually get rid of gold. I've got gold. You have gold. Lots of people have gold. But what they did get rid of is gold as money. That's true. So, I mean, when when they made it illegal to possess gold, like there was almost no enforcement of that law whatsoever. Right. But that doesn't matter. Once you've made it illegal to possess, then you can't openly trade for it. 
So all of a sudden, you can't go to your grocery store and just give them gold for your food. Right. You can't pay your rent in gold coins. The cash register isn't designed to hold, you know, nuggets. Right. You know, or gold coins or whatever, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And getting rid of cash, I mean, getting quote unquote rid of cash will be pretty much the same thing. Hmm. You just make it illegal to use. And then, I mean, people will still have it, but it'll be a collector's item. Right. Be like, ah, yes, this relic of a bygone era. This barbarous relic when we had physical cash that could be counted and wouldn't mystically disappear from your wallet. I see these CBDCs as, I hope, a last gasp of statist institutions. Wendy calling from Ocean Shores, Washington. Wendy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. I just wanted to talk about Sarah. She is so funny. <laughs> but she gets she gets a lot of flack, you know, for being on Social Security Disability. But obviously from her calls, she has OCD. <laughs> I mean, she is so into the traffic lights. <laughs> is that a, a new government de- designation, SSI OCD? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OCD, yeah. Very obsessed with that. <laughs> she seems to be. I, on that topic, though, I did want to mention that if they're putting up 30% more cameras... Uh, is that a result of inflation because they need 30% more revenue to accommodate the budget deficit now because they're you know unable to uh, you know spend as much as they did before? 30% more I revenue, 30% more tyranny. Go ahead, Wendy. I, I think she, I wonder if she dreams about it, maybe. <laughs> She's definitely obsessed. <laughs> Do you think she yes, counts speeding scary. cameras <laughs> instead of sheep? On her, as but she's, she's still funny. Uh, uh, speeders. Speeders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you, guys. Hey, thanks for the call, Wendy. (laughs) One of the reasons that I am very against central bank digital currencies, the same reasons, I mean, a lot of the same reasons I'm against central banking, just in general, right? Mm -hmm. But specifically the CBDCs. The thing, the difference between CBDCs and something like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash is that Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash cannot be counterfeited. Mm Mm-hmm. But the CBDCs can. Well, I would say that by their nature, they, they have to be. Right, yeah. And also they can be inflated. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Uh, but you repeat yourself. Well, I do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, theoretically, that's why it's a crime I to... also say the same thing twice from time to time. Oh, you do? With periodic intervals in between. But do you say something and then say that thing over again? It's anyway. possible. So... Uh, I mean, in theory, that's why counterfeiting is a crime, right? Is because, oh, well, you are stealing from the purchasing power of other people. Right. And yet... And yet that's exactly what the central banks do. And that's their job. Yeah. They're supposed to do that. Yeah. And and it is their job to make sure that at least 2% is, in, is made every year. Like, right. we have to have constant inflation of at least 2%. And if it's over 2%, we'll try and bring it down. And if it's way over, we'll try really hard. And if it's under, we will definitely try to, we will definitely make sure it goes up. Right. And, you know, there's no, like, balance in the other direction. So, like, oh, well, we ran it at 5% for a year. Now let's go ahead and run it at 
1% for a year. Right, or no. for three years, and that no, way it'll average no. out for the five-year period. Or right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, no. Can't do that. Yeah, and and you got to love who's uh, who, who's who's advocating these things, right? Yeah. So, like, okay, the UK Prime Minister, which... Um, Man, how fast are they running through these guys now? <laughs> is it, yeah, what is the uh, UK customary, Prime Minister of the Month Club up to now? Isn't it customary to have um, um, uh, an election for that position? Yeah. Let's go to Jeff in Arkansas. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, thank you. I just wanted to bring up some of the things you guys said about Rishi Sunak. I mean, he's been Prime Minister for a bit now, but he was the best candidate for the Conservative Party, I'd have to say personally. I mean, he warned us about Liz Truss. He warned America about Liz Truss. He warned his country about Liz Truss. And she came out to be one of the worst prime ministers uh, their nation has ever seen. And definitely for ours. I don't know. That's a high bar. A partnership, when it comes to a partnership level. You know what I mean? When it comes uh, to a partnership level? When it comes to a partnership level, you've got to understand, economically, she didn't only screw their economy. Our economy was already screwed due to Joe Biden. But she... she she definitely made it worse. The trade level wasn't working properly with her and all. Our economy has been she screwed thanks to Woodrow Wilson, man. Well, and I mean, yeah, you Central can add Banks it on Wilson, and... too. You can add it on Wilson, too, absolutely, because if it wasn't for Wilson with the Federal Reserve, we wouldn't be in much of the messes economically mm-hmm. that we've well, been in. And yeah. it's also worth pointing out that if we, hadn't, if we hadn't been put in all of these forever wars, we wouldn't have had to print all these billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars every single okay. year. I agree with so you we wouldn't have, and, and that, that was Bush. So, you know, yeah, don't, don't place this all on one side or the other. This is a, oh, no, a truly bipartisan effort to screw us all. I served in Iraq. I served in Iraq from 2003 so you know. to 2005. Trust and believe me. I understand it completely. Okay? I'm, I'm not a fan of Bush. Never have been a fan of Bush. I voted against him from overseas. All right? But you've got to come to understand this. Hmm. You look at it on a level of being a commander-in-chief, I'd say he did what he thought was best, and I may not agree with it. And sometimes I don't even think he really did what he thought was best because we all know he was nothing but Dick Cheney's puppet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why in 2008, America decided to go back and forth and, re- and, and elect somebody who wasn't qualified for the position, who was still fresh to the, who was still fresh to the limits of what the land was. Yeah, they were you trying know? to get someone who wasn't Bush. Look how well that worked yeah. for us, huh? Which was an issue because, I mean, yeah, we didn't want Bush anymore. You didn't want four more years of Bush, and that's what hmm. John McCain was. But what you also didn't want was four years of inexperience, and you didn't want four years of low intelligence man experience and unintelligence are not my problems with barack obama i have a lot of problems with him but inexperienced i also have problems with the government mandated health care that he tried to push on us oh yeah that's one of them with his gun restrictions he tried to put on us instead of instead of taking guns away from people who are committing these crimes he tried to take them away from us law-abiding citizens or how about the fact that he didn't end any of the wars like he was supposed to? How about the fact that he didn't legalize marijuana, which, uh, look, feel how you feel about that particular substance. It's someone else's body that they're doing it to. So, like, we don't need to be spending a bunch of money putting people in jail for having the wrong flower in their pocket. When you are doing, when, when you're president of the United States and you try to do something and they hit you with a absolutely not from both sides, there isn't much you can do. 
I understand. No, there absolutely point. is a lot you can do. So, like, yeah, uh, I, I, okay, hear the same, I hear the same argument for, signed, for, for Trump's presidency. Order, right? He could have signed an executive order, right? Yep. If he would have done that, they would have, over, they would have overturned it. He doesn't have to sign an executive order. He's the he's the commander in chief of the United States military. He simply right. tells his so generals, here's, here's your orders. And if you don't follow missing. orders, I will put you in jail. Right. But here's the thing you're missing here. He's the commander in chief of the United States military. You are absolutely right. You take right. orders from that guy. Right. Completely. But he does not have the power to make formal declarations on behalf of the military. That is Congress. And when Congress says you can't do this, the president can say, all right, we're going to do this until Congress says we can't. It's not because a matter of making a formal declaration to close Guantanamo Bay. You simply order to your generals, pull every single one of our troops out of this region, and they can either comply or go to jail. I mean, like, yeah, uh, uh, when Trump was president, uh, they lied to him about how many troops they had in Syria. You know what would have made that a lot easier is if you just pulled all of them out. And then we know for a fact whether there's a person there or not. Like, you don't have to count them. It's more than zero or not. We've got Hunter in Ohio. Hunter, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I would just like to talk about communism, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'm happy to discuss it. I think that America should develop a communist manifesto in our near future, as America would benefit from it. You see, the rich people are sucking away the middle class and lower class's wealth. We need to divide their wealth and make sure that it goes back to the people that truly need it. We need to invest more into social programs, more than our defense programs. We need to make sure that we can be able to afford good health care, like universal health care, but it needs to be a more deliberate plan, and we also need to make sure that the taxes on the rich is increased. And by what method do you propose to enact all of those things? Well, personally, I'll get rid of the legislative branch. I think that the president or a elected official across should be able to decide the agenda for the <clears throat> for the nation, but it would also have a large advisory board with it. Okay, so in order to enact all of these changes, you would use the force of government to do it? Yes, because any nation needs a strong government to force action. Why do action. nations need government at all? So we cannot be divided by many. Well, we have a very strong government now. The strongest uh, in the history of the entire planet. And we are extremely divided. I mean, broaching on civil war. I wouldn't say civil war. Well, 40% of the United States believes that we are going to have a civil war within the next 10 years. Well, communism would not have a civil war. We would be more united than ever. You see, in Russia, that was a false communist plan. The people that were leading Russia and the Soviet Union were not Russian at all. They were more democratic than anything. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. 
We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.